today. Oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren live together in unity. I don't know about you, but I haven't really ever experienced that. Growing up in a family, there's always something going on. There's always somebody fighting over here, pulling someone else's hair, issues from one end of the house to the other. The only time that I experienced living in community where it seemed okay was when I was in seminary. And for three years, I lived with not only my classmates, but my teachers and their partners and their spouses and their kids and their dogs and their cats and everybody on one city block in New York City. And it sounds idyllic and amazing, but really it wasn't. I lived in a building where I didn't have a private bathroom. So if I didn't get up at the right time, I had to stand in line to take a shower. So when you're 30 years old, that's no, no fun. Very different when you're 18 and in college. Living in community causes us to get out of our comfort zone. It causes us to be pushed and rattled and shaped when we don't really expect for it to do so. The disciples are our first model of Christian community. They are the first group of people to live together for a purpose. And they had to live together because if they didn't, they were going to be persecuted. They were going to be exiled. They were going to be hurt, possibly killed, because they believed in and followed Jesus. So they gathered together. They lived together because that was the only way that they could be safe, but also that they could do the job that Jesus had called them to do. So in this reading from Acts this morning, this is one of the accounts in the scripture that gives us a glimpse of how they lived together in community. Now I'm going to read another passage from Acts, because it's important to hear that these two put together give us the basis of how this group is supposed to live. And this is from Acts 2, 42 to 47. Those who had been baptized devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So as part of living in community together, they had to study and pray together. They had to eat, break bread, celebrate the holy meal with one another. And then they talk about this selling of possessions and goods. And it was so much so that when you live together, you don't need all the stuff that you have. If someone has a toaster, you don't need three other toasters. No, they didn't have toasters back then, but you get it. You don't have to have all this stuff. And so you sell it and you put all the money in the pot and then everybody has access to it. 
And so, in a way, this could be used as a blueprint for how we should live, that we should live in community and sell all our stuff and put the money in a community pot and just use it whenever we need it, and everything will be fine and dandy. Well, you know that that's not how it would work. It would never work that easy because we're human and we have free will and we have our minds and we have opinions and we don't like living under other people's rules, just our own and sometimes not even those. But what this scripture tells us today and talks to us about today is how those first community Christians not only told their story of Jesus and how they were to live, but it amplified it. It made it so much bigger than themselves. Because just imagine when you hear, because there are people who live in community today. There are groups of people that live in community and healthy, as healthy as they can be communities. There are young Episcopalians in their early 20s who instead of going to college right away or right after college, they need that year to kind of figure things out. They are living in Episcopal community groups all over the country, doing ministry and living together and trying to figure out who they are as young people. It's really brilliant. And they have rules that they have to live by. But they also have this common connection of their faith. And they're able to tell their story of their faith, not only in their words, but in their actions and in the way in which they live. A couple weeks ago, I heard a story on NPR about a man who composed music for a video game. And it was one of these violent video games, well, something I would never be a part of or even think of or even decide to even know anything about. But this man composed five hours of music. And the music was rich with religious symbolism and imagery. And it was beautiful. The lyrics talked about wholeness and togetherness and family and joy and hope. And guess what the music was for? A doomsday cult. This is one of those games where you have to eliminate these people and they're a doomsday cult and they're, they are what they are. But I think, and I still think about that music because it was gorgeous. And the guy said, well, if you're doomsday cult, you don't want music that says, we hate everybody and we want to die. You want music that is beautiful and talks about the family and how together we are and all this, and then the hope of new life. And that, gosh, that sounds really like what we want to hear as Christians. And I kept thinking about that, thinking about that, and that draw of community, that draw of being with like-minded people, people that we have stuff in common, people that look like us, people that want to share bread and wine at the table with us. That's the community that we seek and search out. And no matter if we 
live by ourselves, live with another, people, another person, live with a whole gaggle of little people. Doesn't matter what your living situation is, you are part of community because you call yourself a believer and follower of Christ. And you come here to this sacred space to live into that community. And there are opportunities to go out and serve and witness and tell your testimony of God in your life each and every day. It might not be formal. It could be just to the person at the grocery checkout. But you have that opportunity. And so as we move throughout our day, move throughout our week, be reminded of this community in which you live in. This community that you have a role in. Everybody has a part. That's how community works. And so know that it is with our heart and soul that we come to this place. And that our love, not only for God and for Jesus, but for one another as brothers and sisters, is increased and amplified every single time we come together and we break bread and we pray and we listen to the teachings. And it is with God's great grace, when that is bestowed upon us, that we can do so much more than we can ever have asked or imagined. So maybe the apostles had something right. Maybe they knew what they were doing when they came together and lived in community. Maybe we can take just a little bit of what they did and see it today. Amen.